0: And good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk ninety five three, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Are you just, you're trying to get me into trouble? Is that what you're doing? You're just trying to get me into, you're trying to bust me, that's what it is? You, you turned my microphone on without me knowing about it? What if I had, what if I had one last F-bomb to throw your way, Josh, before you turn my microphone on? Then we both be out of a job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the program. You can join us online, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Uh, don't forget to go to rbcarcompany.com. Check out their inventory if you're looking for a used vehicle. Our r and Car Company are your used car experts. All right, there's a, there's a lot to cover today. I told you yesterday I only got through like a fraction of the stuff that I had yesterday, and today they just piled on top of it. So this is just going to be one of those things where we're going to have an awful lot to cover over the next several days, and a lot of that's probably going to be in a blurb form. So most of you know when I get backlogged like this, I'll do a blurb, which is kind of like a news reel at some point throughout the show. And we'll just run through some headlines that I think are relevant that we're just not going to be able to go ahead and get a ton of information out about. Today, we will talk about parents, uh, which was on the docket yesterday. But we'll talk about parents basically being declared domestic terrorists uh, and the federal government's response to that as a result of a teacher's organization looking at it, which is very, very interesting. Um, We're going to get a little bit more into what's happening with uh, Senator Sinema from Arizona because there's this continued harassment is really problematic. The bathroom situation was a clear crime. You're not allowed to record people in the bathroom, uh, but she was. They chased her into a bathroom and they were recording her in a bathroom. That is a crime. You can't do that. It's a crime in in Arizona. I believe it's even potentially a federal crime. Uh, we'll also get into some viral videos that I have some questions about. We'll get to all of that stuff a little bit later on today. So let's just take a different tact, okay? I just want to. I know that everybody's talking about a couple of different stories. We'll get to some of those today, but I just want to start off with something completely different. So let's just talk about how segregation is good, particularly for black people. Yeah, I know. You're not supposed to hear that on the radio, right? I'm not saying that, but I've been covering this for over, well, over 12 years, over 12 years ago, we started to see segregation come back as a positive, and it was pitched as a benefit and a good thing for the black community in particular. It was seen as a way to get black people away from white people, because white people are inherently evil, remember, and get black people to have their own little isolated communities with other black people, so that way they didn't Let's see, some of the phraseology that we've had over the years is they didn't lose their culture, uh, they felt comfortable, they weren't afraid, safe space stuff, right? Now, eventually that evolved into the actual safe spaces, but this is something that was done at schools. I believe it was a charter school in New York City that really got the ball rolling on this, where they felt that black students needed to be with black students and other students needed to be with other students, and black students and white students shouldn't mix. And that was seen, again, as a benefit for black kids. Now, when you're my age, you grew up, everybody bleeds the same color, we're all human beings. Content of the character, not the color of their skin. That has all been completely reversed. If you say that now, and, and here's the thing, you know, this is what's interesting about this, is that y- you've got all of these younglings out there, right? These younglings go around and they go, hey, hey, hey if you say it's not the color of your skin, uh, You're denying my blackness, and that is a a white supremacist idea. Now, this was what was advocated for and lobbied by the black community my entire childhood. Black leaders always advocated this. We don't want you to see our skin color. We bleed the same color as you. You go back in time, look at any of the daytime talk shows, and I know that daytime talk shows are trash. Don't get me wrong on that. It's just that... When we're talking about public record, daytime talk shows can convey to you what we were all taught. And it was the black community that was spearheading this and pushing this. And they had been since the civil rights movement and Dr. King. Judge me on the content of my character. I bleed the same color as you. We're all human beings. We are able to intermix. We're able to to mate and breed and join and create families together. We're not different except for the way that we look. That is now seen as a part of, of whiteness. But it wasn't even something that was pushed by white people originally anyway. So in the civil rights movement, you had civil rights leaders pushing this, and rightfully so. Don't judge us by the color of our skin. How are we as human beings? Because we're all human. And white said, you're right. We're going to embrace that. And we did, and we taught it in school, and we we embraced it. We stamped out the overwhelming majority of racism in this country, and now everything that was done to reverse the past transgressions in this country is now considered evil, and we want to revert back to Jim Crow. This whole idea of separate but equal is Jim Crow stuff, while the people who are advocating for Jim Crow are telling you that Jim Crow is bad. Because everything is an oxymoron now. Antifa are actually fascist. They're not anti-fascist. They're fascist. Black Lives Matter and and their anti-racist allies are actually racist. But everything is doublespeak. If you don't know what doublespeak is, pick up Orwell's 1984 and learn. So let me just give you the latest chapter in this. Western Washington University has now created segregated housing for black students. It wasn't that long ago. It was it was serious. It was 10, 12, 15 years ago. The idea of segregating students by the color of their skin would have been so repugnant in this society. And it would have been called out by everybody equally as being what it is, which is inherently racist. Washington University creates segregated housing specifically for black students. Now, I have said this before, uh, and I've said it many times, and I know that I'm not alone in this, but I've highlighted, I think, more specific examples than many people have over the years. When it comes to education, everything that will give you a leg up in education, everything that will help you learning to properly read and write, Learning to do your basic math, learning some basics about science, you know, showing up on time, presenting yourself well, speaking well. All of these things are constantly attacked as being whiteness, as opposed to just being educated and speaking properly and being able to do tasks that you will be asked to do in your work. And so what we have is we have a large swath of the black community that rejects this because it's it's seen as selling out your race. Now, what we do see is that people who come from poor minority communities who embrace learning, embrace math, embrace science, embrace literature, embrace presenting themselves well and showing up on time to work, they succeed tremendously in this country. If you don't do this, Even if you're white, if you don't do those things, you won't succeed. Why does nobody ever talk about, if if white people don't show up to work on time, white people get fired too. If white people don't speak well and present themselves well, they don't get the jobs. Why is it that that's never discussed? University of Washington has created segregated housing specifically for black students. Western Washington University has designated the fourth floor of the Alma Clark glass hall as housing reserved for its black affinity housing program. This is just the latest school to adopt this policy. The program will explore and celebrate the diversity of black and African American people and culture with historical and contemporary context. The program website reads, and it also says that all Western students residing in, in the program help foster a warm and vibrant community supporting lo- uh, social personal and academic success. Black affinity housing residents representing all diverse identities pride themselves on fostering a sense of belonging for all residents by creating a safe environment for open, honest, and sometimes challenging dialogue. I'm going to read this again slowly. Black affinity housing students, the ones that will reside in the black-only housing floor of of this, uh, this house, Representing all diverse identities. Excuse me? How does that represent all diverse identities if you're segregating black students out from everybody else? It will pride themselves on fostering a sense of belonging for all residents, except those who are not black, by creating a safe environment <clears throat> Excuse me for open, honest, and sometimes challenging dialogue. About what? About what? What will, the, what will the honest, open, and sometimes challenging dialogue be about? And how will you be advancing diversity by limiting that entire floor to one group of people? Like I said, this is just the latest example of this happening. The fact that you have so many in higher academia, and now that's filtering down through high school and junior high school and the elementary school level. The fact that so many of them are advocating openly for the exact opposite of what the civil rights movement was all about in this country and it's being advocated almost exclusively by white liberal elites if you are black in america and you take a step back and you look at this and you go why don't they want me to know how to properly read and write why don't they want me to do math why don't they want me to know basic science why don't they want me to show up on time and, and speak in a way that others in this society will respect? Why don't they want me to do all of that? And why don't they want me to live amongst people who don't look like me? If you're black in this country, you need to take a step back and ask why white liberals are doing everything they can to enact policies that are completely contradictory to what Martin Luther King and other civil rights leaders marched for. I think you know the answer. I don't need to give it to you. You just got to take a step back and actually look at it. Segregating people by their skin color is now seen as, as a good thing. And more coming up. ninety 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk 953, Michigan's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget you can watch us live on Rumble right now. Go to Rumble.com slash Casey the Host. You can also go to the Burning You can watch live right there. You won't be able to interact or comment like you can on Rumble.com. But you can still watch the videos if you want. And friendly reminder, the Burning Truth.us isn't just a place to get podcasts and daily show prep. It is now a news aggregator. So it can be your one-stop shop for all of your best news headlines throughout the day from some of the best sources for news and information that are out there in the world. All right. Um this is Again, this is going to be a a weird day. We're just going to go through a bunch of weird stuff, and I I just want you to be aware of that. But um, just while we're on the subject of racism, let's talk about Salon.com. Salon.com has got a pasty white woman who writes articles for them. As most of these liberal publications do, the vast majority of them are pasty white liberal women. Okay? Now, the reason that I bring this up is (laughs) Salon.com wrote an article and says, it's time to start firing unvaccinated people Trump fans are overdue for a lesson in consequences. Now, first of all, the only people right now who are immune from infection from COVID are people who've already had COVID. Vaccinated people are getting infected in large rates. Uh, Unvaccinated people are still getting infected in large rates. But it's dwindling and it's getting less. The only people, the only people. Who are safe from COVID are people who have already had COVID and recovered from COVID. They're the only ones not being reinfected in any large number. And yet they're being ostracized and and uh, demonized and treated as if they were Jenny McCarthy and don't like any vaccination at all. The other thing to point out, and this is important, as Salon.com, because again, I, I wrote something today on social media that, you know, I remember... When journalists used to ask a few basic questions. Who, what, when, where, and why? Remember that? This is in literature as well. For those of you who are in literature, and you understand that as well, you younglings will learn this. Who, what, when, where, and why? Those are the five things that a journalist used to ask themselves when a story was presented to them. Somebody came to them with a story, and they would look at the subject of the story, and they would go, who, what, when, where, and why? Why? And until they could answer those questions, they didn't run a story. They didn't talk about it. They didn't publish it. They didn't do it. That's all gone. The only thing that matters now is that somebody else with a blue check mark that they know that they work with or their colleagues of has said something, and then they just retweet it, and that's how this stuff gets out there. Salon.com, which, by the way, is not a news agency. Salon.com is just a bunch of activists getting together and writing, writing stupid stuff. Trump fans are overdue for a lesson in consequences. Well, 62% of people who are not getting the vaccine are not Trump supporters. They're not Republicans and they're not conservatives. So I want you to think about that. Josh has been with me long enough now. Josh, what is the most vaccine hesitant demographic in the United States of America right now today? That's right. Black Americans. Are black Americans overwhelmingly Republican, Josh? Are they overwhelmingly Trump supporters, Josh? No, No, more so than any previous Republican candidate, but well, in the modern era, but not, not overwhelmingly Trump supporters. Now, if salon.com had simply decided to go ahead and do their job and look this information up, they would be asking the question of why can't we get black Americans to get vaccinated? And there's some answers to that. We've gone over the answers to that on this show. And, and a part of that is, well, places like salon.com telling you that Trump was trying to poison you with a vaccine that he was rushing to market. Remember that? Salon.com published articles about that. So now salon.com doesn't understand why people won't get vaccinated. You pushed vaccine hesitancy, Salon. That was you. So here's the here's the, the thing here. When Salon runs a headline, says it's time to start firing unvaccinated people. What they mean is it's time to start firing black people. Because whites are overwhelmingly vaccinated. Blacks are not. So why is that? Now, again, you go through the the demographics of this. It's all published. There's been studies done on it. It remains unchanged. Black Americans are more likely to wear a mask than white Americans. But black Americans are far less likely to be vaccinated than white Americans. This is not this is not an issue of unvaccinated conservatives or Republicans or Trump supporters, because Trump supporters don't usually fall in the Republican or conservative categories either. This is simply a case where you have populations who were told to be afraid of the vaccine, have not let go of that fear because people like Salon, people like MSNBC, people like CNN People like Joe Biden, people like Kamala Harris, people like uh, like Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein and and all of these other politicians told them to be afraid of the vaccine. And now you're asking them to trust those same people who now say the vaccine is totally safe. And you know what? A lot of them are finding it a little difficult to believe what the politicians are saying. You throw in the history of vaccine experimentations on certain populations in this country and you start running into a perfect storm of hesitancy and instead of this is what's so interesting about that instead of deciding that we are going to do what we can to alleviate the fears that anybody might actually have for this instead of doing that what we're going to do is we're going to attack them we're going to shame them and we're going to deprive them of their livelihoods and that'll motivate them to get vaccinated you know what it has motivated some people there was there's a, an HHS whistleblower who talked to Project Veritas about one of her coworkers who was forced to get vaccinated, who is now dead. The vaccine saves everybody it doesn't kill. At the end of the day, folks, you need to start going on offense here. When they say they want to fire people for not being vaccinated, they're talking about 30% of the medical industrial complex. They're talking about black Americans. They're talking about Latino Americans who are also vaccine hesitant. They're not talking about rich conservative Trump supporters. That's what they're not. That's not what they're talking about. So call them out on their racism. Got more coming up. News Newstalk 95.3 MNC. MNC news time is three thirty one. time to check out impress jewelry creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime and good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95 3 michiana's news channel want to thank r&b car company locations in south bend and warsaw r&b car company are your used car experts you can find them online at rbcarcompany.com all right let's let's talk about a couple of things here because there is well there's a lot that are are happening with uh with these these uh military members who are basically being targeted This really got going right around the inauguration Uh, when the National Guard was called to Washington, D.C., that the National Guard started to go through a litmus test. And the litmus test was basically, hey, you know, when you are when you are um, belonging to some of these organizations and these organizations are perceived as being Trump friendly Well, then we're going to go ahead and and remove you from Washington, D.C. You're not allowed to serve with your unit in Washington, D.C. while we are here protecting everybody from a perceived insurrection and or rebellion. That, of course, was never going to happen anyway. So what ended up happening is those soldiers were sent home. Now, keep in mind, they had not done anything wrong. If they had done something wrong, if they had belonged to an extremist organization, they would have been drummed out of the military. Now, the news media ran with, hey, they belong to extremist organizations. No, they didn't. That's why they're still in the military. They just weren't allowed to serve in Washington, D.C. while they were protecting the inauguration. Now, this started a litmus test. We started to see an awful lot of people all throughout the military basically get litmus tested out. Uh, And we also after Afghanistan, we saw a lot of military commanders and military members speak out. Many of them resigned. The first one to do that went viral as a Marine lieutenant colonel. He went viral for it. Um, And he said that he had more information that he was going to be able to release when he was officially separated from the Marine Corps. And he felt that it would be it would be very impactful and important for him to tell people what he knew. And that was all about the inner workings of, you know, the military and what was happening with leadership and things like that. Now, in the military, the officers in the military utilize LinkedIn as their primary social media. So he has a LinkedIn and on his LinkedIn, after he gives his viral video that he wanted leaders held account for for the failed operation uh, with Kabul. And as I have highlighted and proven to you with with veterans who have called in several times and highlighted that I was correct. Everybody in the military knows how to conduct the operation that was being done in Kabul. Everybody knows that. General McKenzie completely violated all of the basic fundamentals of how to conduct an operation like that and got 13 of our people killed. That's what happened. Hundreds of Afghans killed. And it was embarrassing on an international stage because this is something that never should have happened. This is a basic routine operation. It is a hard operation Because long hours, it's difficult, it's taxing, but it is not a complicated or difficult operation. It's not even sophisticated. Everybody knows how to do this. So when you see what happens in Afghanistan go the way that it goes, you started to see an awful lot of veterans go, hey, this is not okay. And then you started seeing people like this lieutenant colonel come out and go, this is not okay. I want our leaders held accountable here. Uh, he knew that he was risking his career. There were other officers who hopped onto his LinkedIn and demanded that he resign and everything else, uh, and he did. He he did. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller Jr. did resign. Well, <clears throat> he was given some orders not to do some things uh, in the in the midst of him being um, honorably separated from the Marine Corps. he mind, he's not he's not uh, at the time anyway. He wasn't. Under investigation or anything of that nature, he resigned his commission. Okay, so his command was taken from him, but he resigned his commission in the Marine Corps. And what ended up happening is he had a gag order that was given to him. And because he had a gag order and he still spoke out, he was then taken into custody. Uh, Republican lawmakers and obviously a lot of citizens, a lot of veterans rallied around him. And there was a GoFundMe where they raised a lot of money. Last I heard it was like 600 grand or something like that. I don't, don't quote me on the numbers, but, um, and what ended up happening is, you know, they, a lot of people were supporting him. He should have been taken into custody. Now he did technically break the gag order, but they took him into custody. A lot of people felt that that, that wasn't appropriate punishment for violating a gag order which a lot of people have questions with. But again, the UCMJ is very different than, than your traditional laws. Okay, Things work differently in the military, and he is still a part of the military. So he violated gag order. He's taken into custody. He's thrown in the brig. Um, we are hearing now that he is going to be released. So that is the latest information there. He is going to be released from confinement today. As a result of a mutual agreement between Lieutenant Colonel Scheller and his defense counsel and the commanding general, the training command, um, and no additional details regarding the agreement may be released at the time. He still has a gag order on him, so he's going to have to maintain that gag order, but he is being released if he hasn't already been released today. But there is another member of the military, the man who pulled that baby over the fence in Kabul. Who is also in some legal trouble because he showed up at one of Trump's rallies. We'll talk about that next on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So. What's interesting about this is that at one of Trump's rallies, there was a man who said that he was the one who lifted the baby over the wall in those dramatic images uh, from from uh, Kabul. And that person is now under investigation. Now, they did appear at the Trump rally. They, they did so out of uniform. They did speak. Um, this is you know, could be an issue with the UCMJ. It's, you know, the nuances of it being out of uniform, make it a little bit more, uh, more cloudy, but if they were in uniform, be a big, 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 no, no, uh, Lance Corporal Clark walked up onto the stage accompanied by cheers. Trump referred to him as a handsome guy during his approach. Uh, he said, my name is Lance Corporal Hunter Clark, and I'm here from Warner Robins, Georgia. I am the guy that pulled the baby over the wall. And it's definitely probably one of the greatest things that I have done in my entire life. Now, Here's the thing. The Marines are saying that he's not the guy who did that. There's also an investigation on him appearing at the rally, but I digress. Uh, When Taliban took over Afghanistan on August 16th, people tried to flee the country through Kabul Airport. During that time, several horrifying pictures and videos came forward showing the sad state of people stuck in the country. One such heartbreaking image was of a baby being pulled up by a U.S. Marine officer at the Kabul Airport. I don't actually know if they're an officer. I'm just reading from the article. Uh, The image started circulating on social media in which the army man who writes this, a Marine officer and an army man (laughs) was seen trying to pull a baby through the barbed wire of the airport. The baby dressed in a white shirt can be spotted crying as she was stressed by all the commotion. Yada, yada, yada. So anyway, um, that girl is now in Arizona living with her family. The, the, The baby is fine. The father of the baby girl revealed that he was inside the airport when he saw his wife and newborn baby outside were being crushed by a large crowd that were gathered there. He immediately requested uh, Americans to bring his baby to safety. Uh, He told me the only thing that he could do was lift her over the barbed wire, but he said that she'd be hurt. So I told him I'll take the chance. I'd rather get her hurt than die. Uh, So the person understood the situation, lifted. We get the... We get the footage of that, but now what's happening though is they are disputing that this is actually the person who was on the stage was actually the one who did that. Uh, the Marines are about four days ago are saying that the the officer who pulled the baby over Kabul Airport was not at the Trump rally and was not the speaker at that Trump rally. So this is just adding to that investigation. Is that continues to proceed so very interesting stuff coming out about all of this but again stay tuned uh, to this station and well this show and i will give you updates on that you're probably not going to get an update on that anywhere else but uh, i will certainly continue to keep you updated on that make sure you follow me online on telegram i am moving over from facebook to telegram so telegram uh, at casey the host and also on rumble at casey the host to watch the live stream of this show and every live stream every day That starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time. More coming up, 95.3 MNC.